0: In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Would all those kids and teens up through the 12th grade please come forward. Good morning. How are you all? What a wonderful day. Why are we wearing red today? Anyone know? What what? Why? Why? Because, because it's Pentecost. What is Pentecost? You know what Pentecost is? Yes. What is Pentecost? Um, Jesus told his disciples that they should stay in this room until and then he will pour his Holy Spirit onto them and then they started speaking in tongues. Yeah, so Jesus told his disciples, stay in the room, he'll pour the Holy Spirit on them and when the Spirit came, they were speaking in tongues, right? In this case, other languages that all the people around them who didn't speak their language understood because the Spirit was speaking through them. Wow. You know, we talk a whole lot about God and we talk a whole lot about Jesus. We don't talk a whole lot about the holy spirit but you know what that's all it's god the holy spirit is god in in the very huh Are you talking to me in the very beginning when god created adam and eve god walked in the garden with them. god was right there with them but then when we sinned became disobedient to god waited and waited And God sent prophets, and God sent kings, and God sent others, but God didn't come himself. And then finally, God sent who? Jesus. His son, Jesus. God sent Jesus. God sent himself, and he came and lived among us. And then Jesus rose and died, and died and rose, and then then he sent, and Jesus said, when I go away, don't be afraid. I am going to send Holy the Holy Spirit to comfort you, to guide you, to provide you with wisdom. And so, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God, we have the Holy Spirit right now with us. And so, the Holy Spirit, yes, ma'am, you have a question? No, I was just saying three in one. Three in one, that's right. One God, three in one, right? It's a mystery, three in one. But the Holy Spirit, how wonderful is the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is now, right now, with us. God is with us right now in the Holy Spirit. Not just here and not just all over his church and not just in the world, but in each of us. The Holy Spirit is in you. To lead you, to guide you, and to bring you to himself when we finally go to be with God. I mean, we can be with God right now because he's with us right now. And we tend to forget that. So listen to God's spirit inside of you. God's Holy Spirit inside of you and you and you and you and me. Right? Listen. Let him guide you always listen because he will not guide you wrong if you listen to the world the world will steer you wrong but if you listen to god he will not ever lead you in the wrong direction okay all right will you do that for me okay good all right thank you if you want to get a packet you can get one from mr mark over there okay and you can color that way One day, a long, long time ago, a Czechoslovakian came to visit his friend in New York. And when asked what he wanted to see, the Czechoslovakian replied, I would like to see one of the zoos here in America. To his delight, the New Yorker took him to the zoo. And while they were touring the zoo and standing in front, right in front of the gorilla cage, One of the gorillas busted out of the cage and swallowed the check whole. Quite shocked, his friend from New York quickly called over the zookeeper, of course, and he explained the situation and asked the zookeeper what he planned to do. And the zookeeper asked the man, okay, 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 which gorilla did it? Was it the male or the female? And pointing out the female as the culprit, the zookeeper then opened the mouth of the female, looked inside, but found no sign of the check, pointing, uh, with which, sorry, I got lost there for a second. (laughs) Because I'm not proud of rushing to this end sentence, with which the man from New York shrugged and said, Well, I guess the check is in the mail. (laughs) Let me say that that again. Well, I guess the check is in the mail. In the mail. (laughs) A little delayed, but that was good, Susie. Good one. A little girl asked her mother, Mom, how did the human race come about? And the mother answered, Well, honey, God made Adam and Eve, and they had children, so all of mankind came out that way. Two days later, this little girl went to her dad, asked the same question. The father answered, Well, honey, many, many years ago, there were monkeys, and we developed from all the monkeys. And the confused girl returns to her mother and says, Mom, how is it possible that you told me that the human race was created by God, and Dad says we developed from monkeys? And the mother answers, well, that's simple, honey. I told you about the origin of my side of the family, and you're… <laughs> Shall we go to Pentecost? <laughs> yeah. Back during a time when boys were drafted into the armed service, a devout young man was drafted from a farm in South Georgia and was sent into the army. He had never been but a few miles from his home, so now he was suddenly thrust into this highly structured environment. But as he left his home, he took with him his Christian faith and practices that he had been a part of him since his childhood. That meant for him such things as reading the Bible regularly, kneeling at his bed at night to say his prayers. Well, such overt piety infuriated the rough sergeant who was in charge of this company of recruits. And that sergeant, he set about to deliberately humiliate this young Christian. He sought to make the young man's life into the image of hostility and brute force that he himself, the sergeant, lived. That sergeant abused the man verbally. He issued him all sorts of unfair treatments. He used every opportunity to harass the soldier Yet, at no point did this young Georgian Christian resort to returning evil for evil. The young man endured all the abuse without a word of complaint. Again and again, he found occasion to do kind things for his antagonist. Well, late one Saturday night, the sergeant came through the barracks half drunk. On seeing the young man kneeling by his bunk, the sergeant just exploded. He shouted and tried every way he could to distract this boy. When nothing seemed to work, the sergeant took off one of his muddy, heavy boots and and he just hurled it at the boy, sailing across the room. It hit the young man on the back of the head and it stunned him and he fell to the floor. In a moment, he regained his composure, and without a word, he resumed his prayer time by the side of his bunk. Further enraged, the sergeant took off another boot, flung it across the room at this young recruit. It, too, hit the boy, but he did not retaliate in anger. And then the sergeant reeled off a string of oaths stumbled into his own quarters and fell into his bed. The next morning when the sergeant awoke with swollen eyes and a throbbing head, the first thing he saw were his boots, clean and polished sitting by his bed. The sight was more than he could take. With tears in his eyes, he walked into the barracks, found the young man and he said, what is it with you? I've done everything in my power to break you. Instead, you have broken me. What do you know that I do not know? What is your secrets? What is your power? And this young recruit simply said, God's spirit. God's spirit. At its most profound level, this story is a witness to the sensed presence of God in his life and all of life. That young recruit was giving witness to the unseen spiritual things that mattered in his life. He was living out a belief that God is a very real presence in daily life. And that witness is the singular purpose of this sermon today. To be such a person, as the Bible defines it, is to be a person who is touched by the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit, that mysterious influence that takes human life and lifts it up to heights beyond which it otherwise could not attain. The Holy Spirit gifting to us strength when we are prone to weakness. The Holy Spirit offering moral guidance in our lives when we tend to drift. The Holy Spirit providing courage and strength and trust when we are apt to be afraid and cynical. One writer says it this way. He says the Holy Spirit is the nowness of God. I like that. The Holy Spirit is the nowness of God. It is the immediate presence, the power of God in the moment. It certainly was for that young recruit. So let's go back to the days of Jesus when he lived on this earth. It was at the Passover festival that Jesus had been arrested and executed. And three days later he rose from the dead and during the following weeks, the next 40 days before he ascended into heaven, he appeared to some 500 believers within what we now know as the land of Israel. Well, 10 days later came this great festival of Pentecost. If you were a Jew living within a 20 mile radius of Jerusalem, you were required by law to attend this festival. Thousands of other Jews from neighboring countries even flocked to Jerusalem for this happy occasion. So the city was cram-packed with tens of thousands of people for this Pentecost festival described in the second chapter of the book of Acts. On the day of Pentecost, about 120 followers, disciples of Jesus, had gathered in Jerusalem and upper room probably the same upper room as was at the Last Supper. They were excited. They were expectant because they had already seen the risen Christ but they were also confused and troubled and timid. They were meeting behind closed doors as the gospel says for fear of the Jews. And then comes Pentecost It was an electrifying, life-transforming experience for them. They would talk and write about this experience for the rest of their lives. Their lives on that day were transformed into something beyond description. And it wasn't because of something they did, it was because of something God did. On the day of Pentecost, the sound of this Violent, mighty, rushing wind suddenly filled this upper room where they were staying. You know, back in the old days, I mean the really old days before God became incarnate, when the Jewish people thought about God, what they thought about was the wind. They thought of the wind because the wind was like God. It was invisible. It was mysterious. Sometimes it was quite powerful. They didn't know that wind was composed of oxygen and and nitrogen. They didn't know that the wind was the result of changes in temperature. To them, the wind was just a mystery and they called God the wind. In Hebrew, the word for wind, the word also for spirits is the same, ruach, R-U-A-C-H. In the beginning, there was the earth and the earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God, the wind of God, the Ruach of God, breathed across the face of the waters. In the beginning, God created man and breathed into man. He ruached into man the breath, the Ruach of life. The Jews they couldn't see God but they could see the effects of God. The Jews looked around them and they saw the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth. They they saw the autographs. They saw the signature. They saw the footprints of God and they had the feeling that there was a powerful invisible force moving across the face of the waters and now hundreds of of centuries later, this same Ruach is here today in this room right here in this building, in this church. You know, when I come to this church early in the morning or even late at night and I'm by myself, no one else is around, I know that the Ruach, the Spirit of God is here. Not necessarily because I feel his presence, even though sometimes I do, because the Ruach is here whether I feel his presence or not. The Spirit of God is here in this place because God has promised to be with his people, his children. Now this is the amazing thing, this same Spirit, this same Ruach of God, this mysterious power that brooded over the face of the waters that breathed into the nostrils of man that came down on the day of Pentecost uh, howling and, and blowing and whooshing through the room where the disciples were staying who is right here right now in the middle of this congregation is also in you as I told the children near you around you above you over you, in you. You and I, we cannot escape the Spirit of God, nor should we ever want to. As the psalmist says in Psalm 139, where would I go? Where could I go to escape your Spirit? Where would I go to get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there, Lord. And if I went down to the bowels of the earth, you would be there. If I went to the farthest places in the East, you would be there. If I went to the farthest places in the West, you would be there to love me, to help me, to guide me. So God is present with us, his children, whether we feel his presence or not, whether we are thinking of him or not, whether we are good or bad, rich or poor, indifferent or concerned, whether we are working or golfing or hiking or skiing, or dying, or living, God is here. God is mysteriously near us. Not because we are good, not because we are kind, not because we are religious, but God is graciously present in our lives because God is God and we have said yes to God. How do I know that the Ruach, this wind of God, this Spirit of God is in us? Because God comes to us through the Word, through the sacrament. And because I see the Spirit of God working in your lives, I see the signs, I see the footprints of God living in your lives. They are called the fruit of the Spirit. I see in you the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy. And peace, patience, and kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are the signs, the footprints of God walking in your lives. And why is the Ruach, the Spirit of God, blowing around in your life, filling you, making you strong? Why is that? Is it to make you feel good? Well, yes, certainly at times. Is it to heal your wounds when you are hurt, when you're sick? Yes. Is it to give you comfort when your husband, your wife, your child, your sibling, your friend dies? Yes. Is it to give your life meaning when your life has just totally fallen apart? Yes. Is it to forgive you when your life is lived contrary to the will of God? Yes. But more than that, I think, The Spirit of God is given to you that you may have the power to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to all peoples. The Spirit of God, the Ruach of God, we have this power given to us by God to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to all people. 3,000 people were baptized that day when Peter stood up on that day of Pentecost and proclaimed the message of Jesus. At Pentecost, the church was given the power to proclaim with authority the message of Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm talking about you. You have been given that power. You are a spirit-filled person. And so am I. The wind. Invisible. Invisible mysterious, powerful. The Holy Spirit of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.